0: Good evening, Crypt Keepers, and welcome to Cryptique. I'm joined, as always, by my podcast partner in the paranormal, Ryan. How you doing?
1: I'm doing good, man. I'm excited. I love the concept of remote viewing Mm -hmm. and the potential implications, and I love that it's something where there are tons of people who are credible with real, verifiable military history who say, the military does this, and it's not just ours. But for some reason, it's still... Yeah, it's still considered woo.
0: Yeah, Uh, I agree.
1: And I also loved uh, The Men Who Stare at Goats. That was such like a stupid movie, but it was so fun.
0: (laughs) They are the best invention ever. Thank you, God, for painting goats. I mean, if you guys haven't, haven't seen a video of painting goats, it will cheer you up. So if you're having a bad day, just remember, hey... Goes. Who's joining us tonight, Ryan?
1: Tonight we are talking to Edward Dames, Major of the U.S. Army, who is currently somewhat retired hmm. and is a distinguished figure in the world of remote viewing. As an original member of the U.S. Army's prototype remote viewing training program and former training and operations officer for the Defense Intelligence Agency's Psychic Intelligence Unit, Dames brings a unique blend of military expertise and a pioneering spirit to the field. Currently serving as the executive director of the Matrix Intelligence Agency, a leading private consulting group, Dames continues to shape the landscape of remote viewing applications. His influence extends beyond the professional realm, as evidenced by his role as a technical consultant for the feature film Suspect Zero, where he not only advised on remote viewing, but also coached Sir Ben Kingsley and portrayed an FBI remote viewing instructor on screen. And those are not actually his only uh, credits if you look them up on IMDb. But join us as we delve into the remarkable journey and multifaceted contributions of Ed Dames in the realm of remote viewing. Cryptic is proud
0: to welcome Major Ed Dames. Well, we're proud to have you on the show. Thanks, thanks for joining us tonight. I hope you're doing well. Pleasure of mine, Jay. All right. Can you can you tell the listeners, and, and we'll have all the notes and everything, um, all the links in the notes, but can you just tell them where they can go to find you on the Internet in case they want to follow along while we're doing this interview?
2: Uh, of course. Uh, my primary website is remoteviewingmatrix.com. That's, the, that's my central point of contact uh, for the public.
0: All right. So how did this all begin for you? You were a young man, you decided you wanted to serve your country, and and then where did things go from there?
2: Well, I enlisted in the Army at 17, right? Uh, still in high school, actually, uh, Airborne Infantry, so I became a, a paratrooper mm-hmm. uh, just during uh, the Vietnam War, and then uh, <clears throat> I switched uh to the Army Security Agency, still enlisted and served time there. So a total of six years and nine months enlisted. I got out, went to UC Berserkly uh, for four years, studied Mm -hmm. biophysics and Chinese Mandarin. And then I I, I decided that the civilian life was so boring. I went back in because I knew some assignments for officers were very sexy. Extremely sexy. The James James Bond stuff for real. So uh, I went back in the uh, commission officer in uh, ni- uh, 1978, and then uh, after that I was assigned to the uh, Second Army Cavalry Regiment as in Germany as the regiment's first historic first uh, electronic warfare officer. officer. Uh, and after that uh, I went into the deep dark world of intel. I was selected to go to a special assignment and it was all undercover black units from there. And I made my way to the Office of Secretary of Defense and uh, mm-hmm. as, a, as a spy master, particularly in biological warfare uh, arenas. And uh, so I had everything at my disposal at that level, mm-hmm. celestial levels of intelligence. And my primary targets were esoteric Russian developments, exotic uh, technology a biological warfare, a nuclear warfare. And in some cases, the Russian uh, the Russian uh, enterprises were so secret by mm-hmm. hook or by crook, even with everything at my disposal, satellites, agents on the ground, and things I still can't talk about, I couldn't crack that nut. But I became aware of one of my assets uh, that was mm-hmm. a hip pocket asset. And this was a nascent Army remote viewing unit. <clears throat> And uh, that you guys know about it historically, it's, it's mm-hmm. all there. And I began to use them to cross queue my assets. For instance, uh, I would target, a, let's say, a, a, a known, uh, well, at least known to us in an Intel, uh, Russian Biological Warfare Research Institute, let's say in Zagorsk, about uh, oh, 80 clicks south of Moscow. And the RV unit was giving me such good intel mm-hmm that I was able to redirect both uh, both my my satellites and my agents on the ground to better collect intel from that particular institute as an example. So I became so enthralled with this unit, I stepped down from the celestial levels of government and uh, took over after being trained by the great Ingo Swan, the father of remote viewing. Trained in remote viewing, I took over as operations and training officer and the rest is just history.
0: Fantastic. So you pioneered this remote viewing program in the military. No, I did not. I think uh, that, you know, a lot of people have ideas of what they think it is. Well, but can my, my, you tell my, us what remote viewing is and what it is not? Like, is uh, it considered yeah.
2: a... Yeah, of course. So we're dealing with a, about a five second delay, I think, here. So I've got to get used to that. And... Uh, so, Ingo Swann is the father of remote viewing, uh, the late Ingo Swann. And unlike other famous, very, very uh, gifted natural psychics in the West, Ingo studied himself, his cognitive behavior when he was dead on target. Uh, and he put together a model of what he was doing, he called it coordinate remote viewing, called it remote viewing. And this model was my job to take this model that he developed and and mm-hmm. int back into the deep, dark world of intelligence
1: mm-hmm. because
2: his discovery was not classified. So it was my job to take it in to our arena, massage it into a useful in, uh, information collection tool that could be used to support the the, <laughs> uh, the intelligence community. So that that's what I had to do. It's evolved over many, many, 40 years now. It's evolved greatly. But... Uh, I had to evolve it to answer some very tough uh, questions. So essentially what remote viewing is, uh, especially technical remote viewing, is what I employ in my work. What it is, it, it's systematic ESP. It's systematic clairvoyance. So we take what Ingo discovered, how he was processing cognitively okay. data against the target, moment to moment to moment uh, from the basic uh, uh, the basic format mm-hmm. all the way up to, to higher level contact with the target where he is actually proceeding the activities at a secret installation uh, and, and all the, the details about it, the complete description, which is what we need uh, to do that. But it's systematic intelligence. So we take his discovery, his mm-hmm. model, and, and, and that's what we use as the basics. Of course, it's evolved. Uh, uh, quite a bit, but what it's not is is being psychic. Yes, we avail ourselves of our natural birthright of being psychic. Even animals are psychic to some degree. So we take that and uh, we systematize it. We turn it into mm-hmm. a model. You you may be born with the ability to play basketball quite well, but unless you ha- have a model for what basketball is before it, before it even existed, then you're not going to play basketball. And even if you have the model. If you don't have a coach in training, you're not going to play basketball. So, uh, without it, it's it's a trained skill sure. that, that avails itself. It's an information collection skill and that avails ourselves of our natural psychic abilities. And uh, it can get it it gets very complex. Yes, indeed, it takes about. Uh, two years to to really master before I would hire you, for instance. You need to learn the the fundamentals of of remote viewing, which Mm -hmm. is uh, offered on my site as a a video streaming uh, course. And then then you could use it for a variety of day-to-day things to support your own life and, and others. But if you really want to be a pro, there's five clinics that I've taught, and those are video streamed as well. You'd have to go through all five because those are industrial strength, uh, not just, not simply skill enhancement clinics. They're for professionals. So you get to see the way professionals work. And uh, if you master those, then you're in a position where I might hire you as a professional.
0: And if someone's hired, what does that look like? Do you have, do you give them like coordinates for a target? How do you like utilize the people that work for you?
2: Well, it's difficult without the uh, context that you would need. uh, Because, for instance, it's difficult to even describe technical remote viewing because there's no common denominator for it and anything else that you've ever been exposed to or learned. Without that common denominator, you can just describe it as it, it, Mm. it. In order to, to understand it, you need a familiarization course that takes about two or three days, then you would say, aha, this is what it is. Wow. It's a structure. Um, but having said that, uh, my pros in the matrix intelligence agency, which is my, my own intelligence agency, uh, my pros get paid about $200 for a 45 minute session. And the session consists of a complete description of their target. Most of my targets are, uh, corporate, for instance, I, I've worked, uh, Examples, for instance, uh, the late Lawrence Rockefeller hired my agency to do a, hmm. uh, uh, a, a one contract was uh, uh, atmospheric ozone depletion, projected consequences, and remedial technologies. The Bechtel Corporation was uh, uh, extracting uh, lunar uh, high, uh, oxygen from lunar rock uh, for the Crown Prince of Liechtenstein. Advanced deep space propulsion systems. And the proviso there, which turned it it had to be a deliverable, was a system or systems to be able to get a human being to Alpha Centauri and back in one human lifetime. And uh, those are industrial strength uh, contracts um, for uh, GeneX and and, uh, uh, companies like that. Uh, These are expensive contracts uh, uh, to find a. a, a vaccine for H- the HIV virus. AIDS is an, is an epidemiological factor. HIV is the causative mm-hmm. uh, agent, uh, those kinds of things. So uh, my, uh, my team would work an, an, uh, six viewers, no more than six. We, we don't employ any more than a team of six remote viewers because it's redundant and I have to pay them a lot of money. So there's no need for the extra information. They're professionals. They get it right. Mm -hmm. If they don't get it right, I fire them. It would Mm -hmm. be analogous to an airline pilot who missed the runway by, Mm -hmm. uh, let's say, uh, 20 meters. And he tells his boss, look, look (laughs) how close I was. Only 20 meters. Uh, uh, you're fired. So that's, these are real pros. And, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. if you saw some of their work, uh, and you can on my site. Then uh, you, you you would wonder how did they do that? Well, it's like any other skill. You start out with the basics, and you move on to to being a pro.
0: What was it that made you want to get out of the military and go into the civilian r- realm of remote viewing?
2: There were two things. I had a, the best job in the world. I mean, I had everything at my disposal, and but. Because of a certain Wednesday in the first uh, desert storm, when we destroyed thousands and thousands and thousands of uh, Iraqi um, <clears throat> men, fathers, brothers and sons, completely destroyed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, that's it. I, I can't support uh, this kind of Philosophy uh, anymore, and there was one more thing on a personal level: is we were using a lot of time in the uh, psychic spying unit. Mm-hmm. I was to look at uh, UFO and ET phenomena, and it was so enthralling to me. I said, "You know, I can't talk about this, mm-hmm. or I can't do anymore." I was getting my hands slapped for overusing that. All of the released CIA documents that you see that are associated with uh, ETs and mm-hmm. the UFO type of stuff, you'll see my initials on them, uh, on all of them, ED. So I wanted to get out and, and devote full time to the uh, mm-hmm. UFO phenomenon, uh, and I did. So I got out basically because of that, and I stopped doing corporate contracts um, for the most part because I uh, all that work is proprietary, and I can't talk to the public about how powerful this animal mm-hmm. called technical remote viewing is because the work is proprietary. So I set up my own intelligence agency and uh, I went through yeah. there.
0: So what is the primary goal and objective of Matrix Intelligence Agency? Because it sounds like, you know, you're not just all about making money and you you want to do good things for people. So tell us tell us some of the good things that are coming out.
2: Well, I have an I have my own agenda, which I'll mention momentarily. But the key is that uh, I want to uh, I attack a wide variety of targets. If you go to my website, you can see a sample of that right on the home page of where Noah's Ark is, where the Ark of the Covenant is, mm-hmm. where, and, and these kinds of, of high profile showpiece types of things that I want that I want the public to see. Uh, there's a lot of classified stuff that we can't show the public. Uh, but mm-hmm. my, my primary agenda and what I will be working on sure. about 90 minutes from now when we end this discussion is uh, missing children, missing and murdered children and the monster hunt that follows, the, the finding uh, mm-hmm. child murderers. And you'll see examples of that on my website as well. So that brings uh, closure to family. I don't work with families mm-hmm. because of... Uh, because of, of reasons that we can go into if you want. But I, I only work with the FBI and law enforcement. So I've got the FBI's most wanted, 10 most wanted, a, a couple of those on, on the site. You can actually see what i prepared. For, for instance, the, uh, Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark was never completed. Noah right. died before it was completed. So I've got the overhead of the construction site, plus where his uh, um, his uh, uh, village wrapped him up and put him in the twilight zone of a nearby cave, got that overhead photography. I've got the street views of the FBI's uh, most wanted, as well as the overhead photography. So uh, we can do some powerful stuff. And I have samples of all of that on the site. But my most of my own personal time is spent doing uh, 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 missing children. I'd say a good 80%. My my own time has been on uh, uh, missing Chula. And then you can see uh if they're dead, I can show you where they're at. I'll be on the road in a couple of days on the Pearl Pinson case. I know where where her remains are and uh her murderer. I can I don't need to find her murderer mm-hmm. because he was killed in the FBI and uh California Highway Patrol shootout the day after he killed her. Uh those kind of things. So uh but if the child is still alive. There's no way I can uh, talk about it at all because people, if, if, the, if these abductors, these monsters find out, try, you know, child traffickers find out that uh, Major Doom is on their tracks, they're going to do something stupid. And you know what I mean? So that has to be a surprise for them when I work uh, those kinds of things. And I could go on and on about a really interesting project, but the, the most of the examples are there for your uh, listeners to see uh, on my website.
1: Are there other kinds of sort of more, I don't know exactly how to say it, more civilian-focused cases that you work on sort of similar to the missing children, but not as far off as the Noah's Ark and sort of the historical stuff?
0: More with Major Ed Dames after a quick break. We now continue with Major Ed Dames.
2: Yeah, of course, of course. In, uh... And uh, there's some I really enjoy. For instance, uh, I have an operation, paint Paint paintbrush, we call it. And you can see on my website the location of a stolen Renoir painting, stolen from Texas, uh, and uh, the location of a stolen uh, Davidoff uh, Marini Stradivarius violin. So uh, hunting down objects to art is a lot of uh, fun for me, and uh, it's Mm. very fulfilling for the person when they get their their artwork uh, back. Um, Let's see I'm thinking of uh, uh, Well, uh, again, the Zodiac Killer, Adolf Hitler's location Those kinds of things Uh, Muhammad Atta is an interesting one Muhammad Atta was the so-called Ringleader for 9-11, right? Well, um, he's living With his father in Cairo, Egypt Of course, he Mm -hmm. found his Singed passport on the street uh, 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 Down there But uh, that all that hmm. narrative is simply a lie, an absolute lie. So we, we tracked him down after we determined he was alive. So he's living with his father. This is the, the head of, of 9-11, you know, uh, drove his plane. Uh-uh, that's, it, it's, it's a lie. So I've got overhead and street view of he his house in Cairo, Egypt, those kinds of things, if people are, are, are interested. Um, Madeline McCann is my favorite. Uh, Madeline McCann just turned 21 in May, and she was trafficked through mm-hmm. Vancouver. Uh, do you remember Madeline McCann case,
0: Jay? I do. Yeah, it, it okay. was uh, big news. That's that. Yeah, that happened in Europe, right? That was Italy, yeah. or Belgium. <clears throat> no. Her uh, her mom and dad, both
2: physicians, uh, uh, British physicians, were vacationing in Portugal. And that, that's where she was abducted, big, huge case, and still not brought the closure, okay. but I'm going to fix that. So she used mm-hmm. traffic through Vancouver, uh, Canada, into the States, through Seattle, into the States, and she was purchased. Uh, she was uh, how do you, uh, 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 by a, a U.S. Fat, very wealthy couple in Las Vegas, Nevada, and she uh, spent most of her years there. She graduated from high school in Las Vegas, and she's hmm. living in uh, uh, the uh, the loca- The pictures that are on, on my website, the, where she's actually living and things like that, the high school that she graduated from, those kinds of things. So that's my biggest case is to bring her home to her biological parents. She's going to need some psychological help, obviously. Kids like that do. So um, folks sure. like Elizabeth Smart and others will be in the best position to help her realize yeah you know, who she is and, and and what happened so that's my uh my that's my key case uh, right now mm-hmm. i think we we tried to, over the years to look for atlantis and we found out that atlantis doesn't exist it's an allegory and now most uh, most historians are beginning to believe that uh, plato's atlantis was indeed an allegory and it did not exist uh, as a material city or outliers
0: Gotcha. What has been your most challenging case? Just is it where you know some locations that you're going to are more difficult to get to than others, or you know how does that work? What's been like your your biggest challenge in the field?
2: The thing, uh, the biggest challenges are uh, in the scientific arena. Uh, for instance, my son is the world's leading plasma chemist. And he, st- he has problems of his own. I mean, he, uh, he, he's a great scientist, the world's leader. But I tell him, I said, look, uh, we can get down to the molecular level and describe a compound or a chemical. But we have very difficult time at the atomic level, uh, anything that, that deals with uh, at, the, at, at the atomic level. So uh, difficulty there. The things that are beyond, there's a lot of things that are beyond our ken as human beings, and those present insurmountable problems. Uh, But some may not be beyond our ken, but they're still insurmountable. Uh, The biggest challenge that I had uh, in my 40-year career is uh, um, cattle mutilations, animal mutilations. To this day, we cannot understand the uh, dynamics mm-hmm. and the mechanics of what's causing catamnesia—it's so difficult. Uh, we've tried our best; so we'll keep on trying. But to date, it's—it's uh, been more than a bugbear. It's just been t- a tough nut to crack. You know, I've t- cracked a lot of tough nuts, uh, but but this one—it may be beyond our ken because we're dealing with something that's parsing in and out of dimensions, coming in, doing the damn dams to animals, and parsing back out. Uh, it's scary as heck. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, that's, that's my yeah. biggest uh, challenge.
0: So when you're doing a seminar, class, training, you know, what, however you want to label the uh, different programs that you have available, how is it different than just being in a regular classroom? Are people, um, are they given, you know, like online Stuff to read through, and then you go into a session, like teaching them how to focus on a certain thing. How, how does that work if someone's wanting to learn?
2: Well, the uh, the, the streaming, the, the 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 video streaming classroom is is a, is is taped. Uh, it's. It, it's actually all of my workshops my uh, the fundamentals of remote being workshops and it's videos of all those workshops so you'll get to see you know if you look at those exactly what happens in a, uh, a workshop when I teach one-on-one it's quite different uh, of course but in the you know in a workshop for the first day um, People are given a blind target. They don't know what the target is. And it's basic stuff, just basic stuff, not how to extract. I'll get you from a lunar rock or anything like that. Um, It's things like the Eiffel Tower or mountain or lake or ship on the sea or rocket launch, something like that. A color photograph is put inside an envelope and the envelope is assigned random numbers. And the people are only given those random numbers. And I I talk them through this, this systematic process that, that is the model, the structure for remote viewing. So they get, they get to understand how different it is. Remote viewing is direct knowledge. It's direct knowledge. There's no middleman. In school, we learn about something by studying it over and over and for a length of time. But that's not the way that the case is mm-hmm. in terms of remote viewing. Remote viewing is direct knowledge and it's a three part process, setting up the target, whether it's the Eiffel Tower, or the, uh, the the next tactical mm-hmm. nuclear weapon detonation site—it you know, comes down to, to correctly setting up the target, which mm-hmm. is a, is difficult to learn. The, and then the remote viewing session itself, and then the, the analysis. Well, during setting up the problem and analysis requires you to to put your thinking cap on to decide where you want to go and where you want your unconscious to go, and, and, and you, you're going to go into a theta state. In a few minutes after you start the remote process, and there is no thinking allowed. Zero. Very similar or analogous to playing the piano. You don't, mm. once you start playing that, that piece, you do not stop and think about the note that you just played. You keep on moving. The structure that we have is similar to, uh, to sheet music. The sheet music that you're looking at to play the piano is similar mm-hmm. analogously to our removing structure, step by step by step. Everybody does the same thing, but the results are different because the targets are different. So the big frustration for students and for me and my other Mm -hmm. instructors, is, and it is very frustrating, is the students are put into a position of 45 minutes, let's say, where they're not allowed to think. They just have to follow the sheet music. So it would be like learning how to follow sheet music for the first time and playing right. a, a musical piece.
0: Gotcha. Well, that's, you know, that's an, a nice picture to paint. Uh, I, I like that it's not something where it's like, hey, come on in and we'll teach you how to do this in half an hour. Just, uh, you know. No, I can't. Mill I can't. Your check I here. So there's a lot of uh, study <laughs> that has to be done to be able to attain this kind of uh, ability. All right, so you were on set and actually got to uh, play a part in the movie Suspect Zero. Have you seen that movie, Ryan?
1: I haven't. No.
0: Oh, it's amazing. <clears throat> it, it's yeah. Just I, I haven't uh, seen it in a long time. But tell us about your experience on there because if and if you guys haven't seen the movie, it's it's amazing, and you did a great job coaching him because he uh, Ben Kingsley really really killed this uh,
1: spot. Yeah, how did I miss a movie with Ben Kingsley in it? Yeah, that was pretty... And Aaron yeah. Eckhart. Sorry. <laughs> Go on. Yeah,
2: um, I get to have some fun sometimes because it's... Uh, Renovating is so novel and the military psychic spying team was so novel that Hollywood likes to... you know, And they run out of ideas. I mean, Chris Carter with the X-Files was begging me for help and uh, the uh, uh, Roy uh, Scheider before he died they tried to get Sequest to work, which was a one ep- one episode, I mean, a one segment, and uh, they asked me for pleaded with help on that too. So these guys run out of ideas. Mm-hmm. But um, the Tom Cruise wanted to play me in the movie Suspect Zero, but he was making the Last uh, La Samurai in New Zealand, so he asked nice. Sir Ben Kingsley to fi- fill in for him. So I got to coach Sir Ben Kingsley uh, for that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a cameo as an FBI uh, instructor uh, in the movie, as well as the technical advisor. And I did that in Tom's office, and it was neat because Tom took cool. uh, Lucille Ball's old office in Paramount. So walk up the stairs, you see all these old "I Love Lucy" photos on the wall. It was pretty neat uh, type of thing. When I was coaching Sir Ben in the Hotel Monroe where all the Hollywood trysts, famous trysts, by the cat lady, I trained the cat lady. The original uh, Catwoman, I trained <laughs> her. I actually did uh, uh, Lamar, and uh, so we were there, and I was training Sir Ben, and the uh, the uh, director Elias Marriage was there too. And I needed to illustrate something to finish up the the training. We were almost done with all the basics, and uh, I thought of an example from mm-hmm. um, I uh, from uh, AI, artificial intelligence, and I I looked at. I said uh, sir Ben yes yes major dames mm-hmm. did you see the movie ai so he looks over at the, the director he looks back at me he says uh, major dames i was the narrative voice for the movie and also the voice of the techno 3 robot i could feel how red my face was you know oh so <clears throat> i tried to recover oh so you did uh, see the oh, movie all right you know that kind of thing and uh, uh Kevin uh, Kevin Spacey plays my me as a role model in the movie The Men Who Stare at Goats, and uh, I, uh, if you if you have the back end of the movie, I'm interviewed for the real story on that. So I get to have some fun sometimes rather than finding um, the remains of dead kids. Hmm.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, you definitely deserve a little bit of uh, nice things in your life too. It can't all be doom and gloom so now you mentioned earlier the zodiac and i, I think i had heard you mention db cooper at, at some point have you tried to locate them have you had any luck with those two or
2: yeah those are good examples uh, uh for your show um uh, the zodiac killer the way um let's see look maybe we, maybe let's discuss db cooper first um db cooper uh he died on the slopes of Mount Saint Helens. He he, uh, not 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 right away. I think he broke his leg or something. But yes, I've got the location pinpoint, and I will go up myself and film that in the summer. Uh, but uh, more than that, and this should be interesting for you and and your listeners about how we. Attack a problem set, whether it's finding mm-hmm. a vaccine or something else like that. the The, the key thing sure. about uh, DB Cooper
0: mm-hmm. is
2: what his real name is. So we can't we can't use DB Cooper in a search term, uh, the, a, the a collective unconscious search term, because mm-hmm. it isn't a real person. Now uh, we have other ways of getting mm-hmm. around that. But so what I look, I I just take his sketch, the sketches that the uh, forensic artist created so that there's, there's direct uh, there's chain of custody between those sketches mm-hmm. and the actual person that described him there's complete chain of custody there's no breaks so we have that we can use the sketches as target mm-hmm. reference material to reference that so we take those sketches and we look at that person's mm-hmm. father the father's present location and in the case of D.B. Cooper, there's a very high likelihood because mm-hmm. of the age, the, the time, uh, the uh, exigencies the, the, uh, uh, of time, there's a very high likelihood that the father is dead. And so there's also a very high likelihood that the father may be in a cemetery somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, this is how we solve the, uh, the, the yeah. Gemini uh, killer, too. So I locate and have located the great stone of his father now why is that important tell me
0: so we can know who he is
2: the name, name. is on the name is on the freaking gravestone so that's the guy's name so we can take it from there you know and provide that uh, information to the authorities same thing with the gemini i'm i'm sorry the zodiac killer the zodiac killer uh, uh the way we have to target that and this is important mm-hmm. folks it's not a willy nilly approach to, oh, oh, let's go find the zodiac killer, dead or alive, right? That's, we have to work very, very precisely in setting the target up. And right. the old, the old adage of junk in and junk out applies also to our work. So I take what one of the zodiac killers, uh, victims, I, and that is a victim, uh, that any reasonable law right. enforcement agency will say, yes, this is one of his victims. I take that victim, her, a young girl, one of his first victims, right. and, and, and then I recreate her death. Death is an event. So I recreate mm-hmm. all the essential ele- elements of information, my colleagues and I, about her death, whether it's Ron Goldman's sure. death or something. So I recreate all of that. So I, I make sure I've got the actual killer. A chain of custody on the killer. All right. Then I look for the killer, the, uh, the, the killer, her killer's present location. And in the case of the zodiac killer, uh, he's, he's deceased and he's buried in a, uh, uh, a graveyard in the, uh, and you can see this. I've I got photos of the graveyard and, and me in it. Uh, uh, I didn't include mm-hmm. f- uh, photographs of the uh, grave. It's in the military part of a graveyard in, uh, not Petaluma, but uh, I, I forgot the town's name. It's in the Bay Area. But uh, I'm going to go take pictures of myself standing next sure. to his grave. And, his, uh, of course, his name is on that too. I can go from there and backtrack mm-hmm. to see where he was before he died. I'm sorry, where he was when he died, who was there with him. Were they parents? I mean, were, were mm-hmm. they family members or something else like that? Go backtrack as far as I want. Those kind of, uh, of, of things. So that's that's how we approach problems, and there are other that we can take too. For me to save money, because I'm paying my my subcontractors, my pros, a lot of money to do this, and I can I can do a sloppy algorithm, but it's going to cost me.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Now we recently did a show on the aerial school ufo incident and i think that's a story that you're pretty heavily involved with right can you tell us what your uh observations are on that more with major ed dames after a quick break We now continue with Major Ed Daines. Uh, you betcha.
2: So after many years of, of, of researching, of starting in the military unit, uh, uh, in the military unit, we, uh, we, we started the contact protocol. So we use re- remote viewers in the military and the psychic-spying unit to find a potential perspective, zone, a contact zone mm-hmm. with what we thought were extraterrestrials, and they're not. They're ultra-terrestrials. But anyway, that was Chaco Canyon, New Mexico. So the Crown Prince of Liechtenstein, Hans Adam van Nues Liechtenstein, paid for the for that project, and we got a lot of CE2s. I got to I got to hire the best and the brightest the, from the engineers from the Skunk Works, from uh, scientists from the Stanford Linear Accelerator. Hal Puthoff was there. I took Jacques Vallée to the field with me. All that stuff is history uh, now. Uh, but we, we only got CE2s, flybys. When you get the CE3, that's a, another story that we, we may go into on your program. But in the end, I decided that, darn, there's so much stuff to look at here. I mean, and I was also dealing with Bigfoot, which I'm still dealing with. And before the show ends, we need to talk about how I'm dealing with the Sasquatch um, uh, phenomenon. But I said, look, we... Uh, we got to take. We got to take one of these nonsense events, and Jacques Vallee agrees with me that this system out there is presenting itself as a conundrum, purposely a problem to be solved. There's some of this stuff. It's absolute nonsense. The past Google uh, pancake incident, all that kind of stuff. It's presented purposely as a conundrum to be solved, but you got to have the right tools to solve it. We've got them, but I said we have to punch through the lines somewhere. There's no, we're. we're We're limited in terms of our our resources, people, pros and all of that. And uh, long story short, I took the Ariel School event in 1994 uh, in Rua, Zimbabwe, outside of Harare. I said, let's punch through here. It took resources for for whatever outside agency that was that orchestrated that, that uh, phantasmagorical event with those 60 kids, now adults. I said, let's punch through there. So we did a full core press for several years. The two years were, yeah. So that that was my decision uh, to punch through the lines there, and we did. And uh, I was also interested in and and Ariel School is not the only case where the outside system there uh, confronts children. It's very interesting whenever they talk or telepathic. Same thing with Bigfoot mm-hmm. and other things. Whenever ever that that system out there. Which, uh, communicates telepathically. It's really very important to listen to what they're saying. What well, were the kids? Uh, it, it was. Uh, you need to be better wards of your planet. Your planet is, is 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 being hurt by the things that mankind is doing to it. And they're talking to children. The children are our future. Uh, these kids are grown now too, so, and they were greatly affected by that right. message and that uh, and, and that event. So, we studied this system out there and we find out that all the UAPs and, and all the, the UFOs, uh, almost all, are emanating from the Pukau Seamount, about oh, 100 kilometers to the northwest, the north northwest of Easter Island. The seamount's about 3,300 feet below the surface and uh, they're inside the seamount. Now, these are wreath like beings. Which seem to be able to parse back and forth through into our material world and into wherever they they exist in the other place, but um, the first time we really got good descriptions of them were with the Travis Walton case, where uh, actually physical vehicle uh, uh, object. Mm -hmm. We don't in our work we never ever use terms like I mean I'll hit I'll hit a student over the head with a baseball bat if they use terms like mothership or ship or UFO, or things like that. We, we don't do that, uh, ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, these things are, are transiting in and out, uh, uh, but they also have these plasma tools that they use, and these are the UAPs that you see. Nobody in them, but there is some something, and intelligence controlling them. So, we've studied we've, quite a bit uh, of those, and I was the first member, when I was a captain, that uh, I was on the first... UAP uh, a meeting ever. All of these new agencies, all these new hip pocket organizations Mm -hmm. are just a shadow of what we were, and they're not going to answer the question. So we met off campus at the BDM Corporation, SCIF, uh, because they did a lot of top secret work for the government. A SCIF is a sensitive compartmented information facility where it's a Faraday cage plus acoustic the uh, n- Neutral and all kinds of other stuff. So, so we're there. I was the youngest member of the first meeting ever to wow. study this UFO UAP phenomenon. And uh, that was a long time ago. And, and uh, nobody's made any progr- progress except us uh, because right. we understand a, a, a good deal about the nature. Of, of these entities, these intelligent entities that are not are semi-material. They've been called also ultra-terrestrials, and I like that term too. So mm-hmm. Jacques valet and I are on the same sheet of music in terms of what we're dealing with, at least generally speaking. Uh, it's these guys. So I have a lot of examples, uh, quite a few examples on my website. Of of taking the actual photography of what any reasonable person would say is a US, UAP and tracking it back to its source. Now, some of these the sphere spherical mm-hmm. objects, for instance, the ones that cut crop circles. There are far there are actually videos uh, of these spheres mm-hmm. spherical objects cutting a crop circle. You find them on the internet. The crop the 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 agent. Where they are directed from Hmm. to cut the crop circle, believe it or not, and we do work for the Russian, the government on this, is Mars. They're from an underground location on Mars where these sentient machines, robots, essentially sentient robots, are directing the construction of a crop circle. And the way they do it is very interesting. They have some flux or beam or something like that. I have no idea how to describe it? It could be a hundred million years ahead of us in terms of technology, and technology is a misnomer in that case. But they they can be they can create a tool, tools to cut these crop circles. And what they do is they take uh, nitrogen and carbon and whatever other elements they xenon or whatever they need to make this tool at a distance. And then the tool is designed to cut the crop circle. Cuts the crop circle, and when it's finished, it just dissipates back into its elemental str- uh, air, back into the atmosphere, too. So, so pretty neat things to be able to use remote viewing to discern, and that, that, that's that's one of them. But the, it, it, again, I'm going to make a long story short, but it's important to, to point this out. This is, you know, 40 years of research, particularly the last 30, on, on the f- phenomena and that is this: the despite all our attempts as uh, remote, technical remote viewers to establish con- uh, uh, contact with the ultra-terrestrials themselves, um, it uh, sort of like a, I mean, direct contact too. It's failed. It, uh, it's failed. They keep pointing us somewhere else. They get, every time we use a different attack mechanism uh, for targeting. They point somewhere else, and all the somewhere else's are to Bigfoot. Bigfoot and the UFO phenomenon wow. are indirectly or directly connected huh. somehow. So they want us talking to Bigfoot. So what I've done in you know, the last two years particularly is establish uh, – I live in the Sacramento area, establish the nearest uh, recurring Bigfoot activity. Uh, and you can ask me questions about that. Uh, and that turns out to be the uh, El Dorado and the Stanislav National Park, which is only a couple of hours from where I live, so in April I begin a one-year project by setting up, mm-hmm. and I guess communicating with, uh, if I want to communicate with the system at large, communicating with uh, with Bigfoot. Uh, Bigfoot try to shoot it, turns into an orb. So there's some there's some people out there that are just flat out stupid. I mean, and it, that system out there is not going to deal with stupid people. So we've used remote, the technical remote viewing to establish where the recurring activity is, um, uh, pinpoint activity. Uh, They come and go, yes, but when they come and go, they come and go to the Mm -hmm. same places. And they know about us, the system knows about us, because there's definitely a higher consciousness um, connection, elements uh, that that are inherent in that system. All these years of study, they've been watching us. But that's where mm-hmm. they want. They want us talking to uh, Bigfoot.
0: Well, I, I would like to have a conversation I, as long as it was civilized. I don't think I want to uh, get into any squabbles with a with a Bigfoot. But uh, so, what about Russia and Ukraine? What's going on there? Where is that headed? Because I know you have a lot of insight into that as well.
2: Yeah, I. I lived in Ukraine for many, many years. Uh, My house was blown up at the start of the war. Well, the start of the war was eight years of being bombarded by the Kiev government, you know, with drunk artillerymen. Anyway, my house was caught by one of them. I have photos of all my dead neighbors laying in the street. And uh, so, and the and the Russian army. My my uh, my fiance's stepfather was a navigation officer on a Russian boomer. The uh, the the Carolina, which is disc, uh, decommissioned now too. He and I, when we first met, didn't get along real well. But he asked me mm-hmm. to join the Russian uh, forces against Ukraine, I said, I can't do that. I have two goddaughters in uh, in Odessa. Uh, I have friends in the rest of Ukraine. I can't. You can't ask me to mm-hmm. fight against, you know, my friends uh, like that. This is this is not the American Civil War, and uh, so they yeah. they understood that. But whatever you need to know. Uh, about the war current and and, and future, uh, I can tell you that in the next six months, that war is going to come to a, a standstill. The Russians are going to take everything to the east of the Dnieper River and keep it, mm-hmm. uh, because those are Russian-speaking people. That like, at, uh, that, like mm-hmm. I could go into a lot of detail, but the Russian-speaking people, and even... Uh, even uh, the 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 Serbs, the, the 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 Czechs, and the and the Romanians and the Poles, are gonna, and the Hungarians are going to take back their historical land that all of a sudden within two days was fenced off uh, mm-hmm. at the end of World War II. So they're going to take that back. And what's going to be left of Ukraine is going to be a landlocked, mm-hmm. small little country that was was a shadow of its former self, and Kiev will still be the
0: capital. So do you have any other predictions for 2024? Anything that uh, we need to be aware of?
2: Uh, I I have a prediction, but it has nothing to do with remote viewing. It's just a personal uh, guess. And my guess is that there'll be a false flag to preempt uh, uh, elections in November. So that's, that's what I'm expecting. I
0: think that's probably a pretty safe bet.
2: Yeah. I think the
1: uh, I think Yeah, it's not uh, the first time we've heard that prediction or something similar. Yeah, one uh, one of
2: the uh, one of the possible uh, false flags that we're looking at in terms of a catalog uh, is a small dirty bomb um, in one of the big cities, New York or Austin, something like that, where martial law is declared uh, nationwide.
0: We can hope. We can still hope, right?
1: Yeah, we can hope. <laughs> Not
0: me. Ryan, did you have any other questions that you wanted to ask tonight?
1: Oh, I'm sure that I could think of some. I mean, remote viewing is such an interesting topic. I've watched uh, a number of documentaries, interviews uh, with Yuri Geller, Russell Targ, those guys. And I don't know. It's fascinating the things that they come out of these remote viewing sessions and then I mean, just the level of accuracy and how some people kind of refuse to accept the validity of it. But I'm wondering, do you, Ed, see a whole lot of pushback to what you do? Do people tend to think that you're a little woo or a little out there, as some of our other guests have put it? Not about you, but about themselves.
2: Oh, of course. I mean, uh, 40 years into this, I took it out of the deep, dark world of intelligence in 1991, Ted Koppel and and that show. But... um, no, of course, uh, but I just keep in mind the old adage of you know, first they ignore you, uh, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. That and that's that's the long and short of it too. This stuff, you know, I, I'm going to introduce it. I introduce uh, technical remote viewing at the grassroots level, you know, our, and and uh, and scientists can think whatever they want. Uh, a lot of fine scientists, you know, are now on my sheet of music as well. Uh, a note about Uri Geller, though, he was, he's not a remote viewer. Uh, he's a, 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 a psychic. Uh, te- psychokinesis and telekinesis are our sister science. Well, yeah, they're our sister science. And we're very much interested in them. In fact, we've used technical remote viewing to gain insight into the Uri, the, the Geller effect. So what we do is we take an instance, a past instance, where someone like uh, Yuri Geller, way back, I don't want to go into any more details, we take an instance where a person, a Russian or an American, uh, uh, is, is actually performing an act of psychokinesis or telekinesis, where reasonable uh, researchers will say, yes, this was not faked. Okay, So we take that and we, we devote two weeks to looking at the event itself. We have a last page in our, our central se- remote viewing sessions that after about an hour and a half, that last page in diagrammatic form has all the essential information about uh, the problem and the solution in diagrammatic form. So we look at that diagram after we collect the, uh, the information and we say, okay, what's present in the diagram uh, as, as context Okay, well, here's the, here's the the person that executed the telekinesis event. Here's the chairs in the room. Here's the researchers. Here's this, that, the other thing. And then we're left with unknowns. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. A couple of those unknowns, particularly the how. We got the who. We got the where. We got the why. We know that it was an experiment, that, that kind of thing. I, uh, we, and, and it's the How? That we're interested in, and in diagrammatic form, are are sketches of right. several, either one, two, or three, of something that we have never seen before. And so, from that point on, as follow-on sessions, we look, we remove view only those diagrammatic aspects and see what that is. So we've gained a a lot of information. Though our goal is to model it. Like Ingo Swan discovered a model, he, he called it the structure for remote viewing. I won't go into all of the, 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 back, the background details, but what we're after, what I'm after, is a model for psychokinesis, because you have the model, what can you do? You can teach it, just like you can teach remote uh, viewing. If you look at my autobiography, uh, tell me what you see. In the last chapter, uh, I, I speak fluent uh, Chinese Mandarin, um, and... In in the last chapter, I I have a hypothetical situation where Chinese kids en masse, sort of like the global village of the damned, are influencing the the guidance system on an American ICBM test, Uh, that kind of thing, too. Well, that kind of stuff, uh, believe it or not, is is coming. It's coming. Uh, And the U.S. just laughs at that kind of thing, but they're not laughing too much anymore. That's why I'm still around. I'm the keeper of the keys. Uh, all, yes, all, I'm dealing with terrorists. So I'm reporting, you know, directly uh, to the government. When I told them about the dirty bomb, the, home, the Department of Homeland Security knocking on my door. They have yeah. to. It's their job. The FBI won't allow AT&T to shut off my phone service because they won't be able to monitor me on the phone. Not to mention, you know, the, all the Internet connections. And stuff. So I'm the keeper of the keys. <laughs> They're going to need me. So, you know, for something big um, uh, someday. And uh, and also, this is an evolving uh, technique. The kind of skills that we have are present nowhere else in the world. I, I went to St. Petersburg, Russia, um, to help them out with a, a – I met my KGB mm-hmm. counterparts. The KGB had an extra sense team. They did not know how to teach remote viewing. Uh, but they had an extra sense team composed – of some extremely good psychics too. And I, and after the, the cold war was over, they asked me to help them set up a business. So I, anyway, but the last time I went to St. Petersburg, it was, it was to stop the, to catch a terrorist that was, uh, that we said to the Russians was going to uh, set a bomb off at the, uh, the airport, the large airport in St. Petersburg. So I went there to help neutralize, uh, him and his team. Uh, and I reported, yeah. uh, my work on the 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 sabotage of the north sea pipeline that was done by the uh that was uh, green lighted by the head of mi6 who hates the russians i mean the british hate the russians but this guy is just a rabid hater of russians and he green lighted uh that that sabotage the brits did so i sent the full report to uh the russian uh ambassador and his military attache and uh, Washington DC who know me they know me because of my work you know, in Russia And I've lived in Russia as well
0: all right do you do you care to get into who you think the Antichrist might be or we're we gonna wait on that one
2: I, uh, the Antichrist is quite an interesting thing it's a field effect it's not a, at any given time it could be a person but in this particular time at this moment it's something else and I put I, I outline all the something else. Uh, uh, all of it, all the details, including the background uh, on in, in re, uh Remote Viewing Matrix uh, website. It's there in the forums, uh, all of it. And uh, it's too, a little bit too dicey okay. to get into on your show, I think. Uh,
0: we will both be uh, not only lambasted, but Fair enough. strung up. <laughs> well, we don't want that. No. Uh, all right. Well, do you want to tell them again where they can find your books and your website? Uh, my website is
2: remoteviewingmatrix.com and all the learning materials as well as my form uh, is there. So um, uh, today, uh, as I told you, in, in a little bit, I'll be back to work on this uh, remains of this child. Uh, and I'm on the road. I I um, I have a cheap, I have to have a cheap four-wheel drive because many of these these it's 4 hours john walsh was aware of this 4 hours between an abduction a rape a murder and a disposal of a child and the, the disposals are somewhere where uh the the perpetrator does not mm-hmm. want to be found the evidence to be found obviously so that's usually way on the boondock so i have a jeep to take care of that mm-hmm. and and uh and i do it myself so i just stand there call the sheriff and it it uh, it's over. Again, I do not work with the parents because if you work with the parents and, of course, I had to experience this the first 10 years of my work, the parents will thank you. Uh, especially my work in Japan. Uh, I worked a lot for mm-hmm. TV Asahi in, in Japan. And the Japanese parents are very, very thankful that a foreigner because the police, these kids fall off the radar screen in two weeks. The police don't care. But here comes a foreigner from a foreign country to help solve the, mm-hmm. the the children's case so they're very very thankful but in america what happens is you can't say body that's the first thing parents want to believe that kids walking back through that door and they will till the the, the yeah. final hours they so you can't say body yeah. that's number one number two when the kid is still alive and, and if you're not finding them immediately uh, they uh they start Thinking that their child's dead, and then they have to go through the grieving process. And part of the gr- next part of the grieving process is anger. Who do you think they yeah. take the anger on? You know, I had to learn all this stuff for myself.
0: Yeah,
2: <clears throat> so, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. So Like I say, uh, I love my work uh, very much, and I know it's important to teach people this, so I can step aside. And I'm, I'm sort of semi-retired now. My pros and all the the video streaming stuff is on the website for people if they if they want to go that route. It's de- it's a dedication like any other skill. Uh, it's a little bit more uh, complex than skateboarding or skiing, but it's uh, it's worth learning.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate all your insight into everything and. Uh, Yeah, we'd love to have you back on sometime. If you have anything that you uh, come out with new that you want to promote, we'd love to have you back on. So just let us know.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Final thoughts after a quick break. Keepers. Ryan, what are your final thoughts? I know we didn't get real deep into remote viewing. We got into a lot of different stuff. But is there anything that you would like our listeners to know?
1: Yeah, this is kind of like when we talked to Karen Wilkinson.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That we talked for a reasonably long time. But mm-hmm. I don't feel like we really scratched the surface too much. We, I think it's a topic that there's so much depth to. And especially... And I was saying after the recording had stopped that his life is kind of like a John McCarré novel. Mm-hmm. So I think there's... I mean, even just apart from remote viewing, I think there are a lot of other things that he could, could tell us, if he's willing and able to, <laughs> that would probably be very interesting to us <laughs> and our listener.
0: And our dogs. And I, the dog. I think there's going to be of something very interesting left over in a safe deposit box that maybe one of his grandkids will inherit on their 21st birthday or something like that. I feel like there's a uh, leaks coming, but maybe I shouldn't say. Yeah.
1: That.
0: No, he's, I mean, it
1: could be, it's definitely something that would work with, uh, with the kind of movie he gets involved with, you know, advising on and all that. So why not? Yeah. His life kind of sounds like a movie.
0: Sounds like a lot of fun, a lot of it bad sounds, stuff, you know, trying to find the kids, but a lot of good yeah, stuff it, too.
1: It sounds interesting, and it sounds like a lot of other military guys I've met. Mm-hmm. Where once you're done, it's like, damn, civilian life just looks so boring. I don't think I can handle it.
0: We can barely handle it, Ryan. We're civilians.
1: We're we're barely yeah. civilians.
0: I know we're civilians.
1: We're. <laughs> That's better. That's better than any joke I would come up with. Yeah,
0: civilians. I like it. That's our army. Civilians. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess that means we don't have anything else useful for you guys tonight. So thanks for listening to Cryptique. Please like, subscribe, and share. Socials are all in the notes. You can email us what you think at cryptiquepodcast at gmail.com you can check out our cool merchandise at crypticpodcaststore.com and like we said it's pretty cold here you could buy us a coffee you can do that at buymeacoffee.com forward slash cryptic pi and remember remote viewing is the art of seeing without seeing a dance of consciousness that transcends the limits of physical perception good evening cryptkeepers. keepers